All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of a hundred books a year with Kevin. Uh, let's talk about what to do with inflationary outcomes, right? Like what, what does the author Jeff Booth think about that, and how can we transition it away from in uh inflationary uh outcomes, and then like just how should we, you know, like um get it onto the right track, right? So. Just a little review of yesterday's podcast, right? Um, we currently live in a negative interest rate environment or low to negative interest rate environment, where the central bank is printing the money, and then we're using modern monetary theory, right? We talked about a book before called the budget, called the deficit myth, right? Um, it's essentially trying to. Encourage or maintain deficit because, in a sense, that deficit, um, they leave money in the society, right? I remember an example, right? Um, if you, uh, spend like a hundred bucks and then you tax ninety bucks out of it, right? And then there's there has to be like another, uh, ten bucks floating in the economy somewhere, right? So that is the. Basic idea of maintaining or encouraging deficit, and、um, other guarantee to keep the party going, right? So that is what we're at right now. But the thing, according to Jeff, is that the greatest irony of this camp is that it has the highest belief in a free market economy, right? When we think about free market economy, we think about oh, just don't do anything, right? Just let the、um, Uh, companies compete with themselves, right? Low reg, low regulation, ah,、uh, but free economy is not what's happening right now, <laughs> right? Ah,、uh, we are we are ah、uh, controlling the the economy and we're printing the money to, ah,、uh, quote unquote control the、uh, economy. So, um, we just have to realize, right? Like, at this point, is that we are only fueling our economic growth with debt. Not just plain and simple, and government needs to run low interest rate loans to keep the growth moving. We cover a a bunch of data yesterday, so we're not gonna go down into that rabbit hole. All right, sorry guys. Now we have another situation where we might think about is wealth transfer, right? So, ah,、uh, maybe do like a higher taxes on the wealthy people, and then. Uh, do a UBI right, a universal basic income, but the thing is, is with wealth transfer, right? The wealthy people hate it because the point of making money or taking the risk is to have a financial freedom, right? And then the universal basic income,、um, I like that idea, right? If you've been following me for a couple months,、uh, you know I'm a supporter of Andrew Yang.、Uh, <coughs> I think if If the pandemic get to us a couple months earlier, I think he will go on a lot faster, right? I, I do remember he,、uh, I, I think he exited a presidential, uh, race. I think October, November of last year, and then the pandemic hit, and then, um, everybody is getting checks from like you know the, from the government, and I was like, huh. You know,、uh, Andrew Yang must have been very popular if they can、uh, have a proof of concept or have people that、like, more familiar with this particular type of、uh, government assistant. But according to Jeff Booth, the 
the whole thing about UBI is that even we can afford it, it's hard to implement, right? Like how do we come up with the right amount, for example, right? So um, what should we do, right? This is like like the thing that I want to touch on today is what should we do about uh, this whole situation where we are in a deflationary environment driven by technology and then our uh, central government, our central banks are trying to uh, use cheap debt to fuel the uh, growth. Um, Jeff Gross, Jeff Gross, Jeff Booth thinks, yeah, we should just uh, embrace the deflationary outcomes, right? So we should first um, embrace deflation. And secondly, we celebrate deflation because we're getting more for less, right? We can look at a bright side that we're actually getting more for less of your money. And number three, we accept that there is an abundance, right? We don't need that much. And number four, um, sure that the, te- uh, the technology or AI might remove a couple old jobs, but um, there's less demand for jobs needed ever, right? So we kind of get into this quote-unquote, right? Like socialist, uh, you know, state where maybe we don't need to work that hard, right? Maybe uh, everything is good and uh, the prices would keep falling and then uh, we uh, we can use technology to handle our everyday tasks, right? Like self-driving cars or cleaning the house or cooking, and our 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 and our humans can sort of uh, enjoy the intellectual pursuits, right? Uh, writing a book, uh, reading po- uh, uh, reading poetry, right? Uh, study philosophy. Um, I used to say that, um, like I wish I was born in like you know the uh, Sweden or uh, one of those uh, Norwegian country, right? Where I don't have any pressure. Uh, I can study whatever I want because here in the U.S., if I graduate with a philosophy and a psychology degree, which I thought about it uh, during college when I was transitioning ma- uh, majors, and I was like, yeah, those are the least paying majors ever. So <laughs> probably not that ideal. So the point is, is it's, it, it's hard to imagine there's another way out because of our dependence on technology. Why not just embrace it, right? Well, the downside is, is very simple. We've been talking about this for the last couple of times. Government will probably not allow that happen, right? Um, I, I do believe that this is probably in the same categories of uh, attitudes towards remote work in a sense. Um, like remote work, right? The te- technology is probably there, I want to say four or five years ago, right? 2010, maybe 2012 is, like, is ready. But we like it takes a pandemic for us to switch the cultural switch, right? Oh, it is possible to do the work at home. We don't need to commute that much. We don't need to fly to a certain uh, country or a city to get a signature, right? We'll do a meeting. So the reality is Fed, the uh, Federal Reserve, the central banks and government were probably not likely to give up control. And secondly, this is something in terms of, you know, quote-unquote, embracing the deflationary outcome, this is something that we need everyone to be on the same board, right? We need all the countries to do that at the same time. Because if only one country does it, then they, then, uh, they might lose their, quote-unquote, competitive advantage, right? So, like, 
maybe we need to get somebody get a some country maybe in the northern uh, European country start start doing that first or maybe they have already done it I don't know but the thing is is they need to be able to get pretty much everyone on board for this to show an effect and that is a really hard thing to do as well so what's my point right my point of this particular podcast series is to really introduce another mindset to you guys and I was actually uh, you know uh, mind blown as well about this particular idea of how technology is driving deflationary growth and we should actually embrace it. I think we will more or less down the line because you know this whole printing money thing cannot sustain 24-7 right like probably gonna go up for the next year maybe two but we need to have a realization. We'll come to a realization pretty soon in the near future. Um, yeah, that's just the podcast on this book, The Price of Tomorrow. Highly recommend it. Uh, very, very interesting. If you're interested in the macroeconomic situation, right? Um, how how does the central bank work? And then from a investment or a technology just perspective, right? how should we approach this situation? All right. Thank you guys for listening. Tomorrow we're going to start a new book. Uh, Have a good day.